Gun. I'm Paul Ciampanelli. I'm Kirk Pinchon. This is the show where we pick a music topic, then we watch and discuss YouTube clips about that topic. And if you go to musicraygun.com, you'll find video playlists for all our episodes so you can watch the clips that we watch. It's kind of weird. Podcasting is an audio format. We watch videos on our podcast. It's not stupid. (laughs) No, we're not dumb. People say, why would you do that? Why would you watch videos on a podcast? And the answer is because that's part of the fun. Yeah, that's what makes it joyful. Yeah, so go to musicraygun.com and check out the videos as you watch, after you, as you listen, after you listen. We're not going to tell you how. Just do it. Yeah, live your life. Yeah. Uh, so who are we talking about? Oh, Paul. Today. Oh my God. Show. Today we're going to talk about Mr. Jimmy Jam and Mr. Terry Lewis. Yes. We've, you have Maybe. talked about them several times before. Yep. Even if people don't know their names, they are giants. You will know music. almost all their songs. Sure. Uh, about the many, many people they have produced. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you want to intro them? Cause I, I don't know much about them. Every video that we're going to look at in this episode, you picked. Yep. I'm going in blind. I didn't watch any of the ones. Oh, good. That I was you hoping. picked. So I'm I'm just going to let you take me on this journey. Paul, get comfortable. I'm I'm as, I'm the audience stand in here. Yep. Get, um, uh, we're going to go on a journey. Yeah. But so before we get to the actual videos. Yeah. Intro, Jimmy Jam. Jimmy Jam, Jimmy Jam, and Terry Lewis. Yes. Uh, my actually, I'm curious as how what was your first realization of them as a thing. Do you like remember like oh there's these guys named Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis who are I, producers? I mainly knew that they. I would venture to say the thing they're most well known for is collaborating with Janet Jackson. Yes, that's their big thing. Yes. Because they started collaborating with her on Control, yep. I believe, which was her big, not her first album, but her breakout album. That's correct. And they've basically like written and produced every song she's recorded yeah, since then. The majority of, yeah, yeah. Or at least have executive produced. Yeah. Yeah. They're synonymous together. And we'll get to Janet much later. Yeah. But Jimmy Jam and Jerry Lewis Jerry Lewis, yeah. Jerry Jimmy, Lewis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be great. Nice lady. That would be great. Uh Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis started out as members of the time. That's how they got their start. Right. Which I didn't know until you said so on this show. Oh God, that's so funny. Yeah. I now see I did I knew Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis because of control. Mm-hmm. And when control came out, it was fucking huge. Cause yeah. it was a Janet thing and everyone just thought of Janet as the sweet girl who was on different strokes and then on fame and you're like, oh she does these albums that suck. And came <laughs> Troll came out and it was huge. Yeah. And it was like, oh Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis produced the whole album and 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 that's why it's one of the reasons why it's so great and they're like oh yeah they used to be on the time like when i liked the time when i first heard the time i had no idea that they <clears throat> were connected with janet jackson or anything like that mm-hmm. but um they're members of the time they started out in minneapolis and um they were high school friends with prince because everyone was high school friends with prince um so they started in a band called flight time Right, you mentioned them too. Yep. Now, Flight Time had uh, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, and uh, I think Jelly Bean Johnson was the drummer. Great. And then, yes, he's awesome. (laughs) And then uh, Prince is like, hey, I'm coming with the band, and he cherry picked all these band uh, band members from different bands, Mm -hmm. put together the time. And uh, although Flight Time now is, is the production company name of Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Oh, yeah. It's forever since like they first started producing. Uh, so once just pre- a, that's like a fun little piece of music trivia. We got a lot of little yeah. music trivia here, and there's a lot of synergy in this, which I am mm-hmm. fascinated by. 
So we can go right into it because we're going to start off where they Let me they ask you start. this question. They were both in the time. What instruments did they Oh, play? well, yes, and you'll see that. Uh, Terry oh, was the bassist. We're going to see it in our first Yes, our we're first gonna video. We're going to watch a time video. We're going to watch a time video. All we're right, going to watch this? Cool mm -hmm. from 1981, which is their first video. It's their second song off their first album. The first album was called The Time. Yeah. You're uh, not going to be happy for me to say this, but I like – I couldn't even conceive of the time pre-Purple Rain. Like, yeah. wow, the, in 1981, there's a time music video. And I didn't know either growing up. When I was, when I first knew of the time was Purple Rain. Yeah. And that gets fascinating too because Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis are not in Purple Rain. Yeah, that was, I just want to say Purple Rain was on TV the other day because it was on VH1 after RuPaul's Drag Race, which I watched. <laughs> so I watched it for a little while. Man, I forgot how bad that movie is in terms of like the, the acting. How and the, dare like, you. It was, it was that scene where more this woman like accosts Morris Day oh, in the street yeah. and the bodyguard like picks her up Jerome. and throws her in a dumpster. Jerome throws her in a dumpster. Yeah. Not very and, like and like the the almost spit take that Morris Day does where they're like, whoa yeah. it's like a cartoon. I <laughs> love Morris Day in this movie. <laughs> Morris Day is the greatest. But yeah, but so this, this is, is the, this is cool. This is cool from nineteen eighty one. This is the first album that they did. This is the second song from the album. First song was Get It Up. Mm -hmm. Uh this is their first video that they ever did. Um and it's real early 80s video. It's basically them in a classroom yeah. performing for kids. kids. Yeah. It already sounds great. Yeah. Now, here's the thing, and I've mentioned this before. Their whole album, their whole first three albums were all Prince. Yeah. Meaning Prince did all the music for it, did lead tracks, and then said, hey, more, sing how I'm singing, and then recorded it. You don't you, like not when you say did all the music. You don't just mean wrote. You mean performed all performed the instruments, all recorded everything. Yes, so exactly. Yeah. Except uh, the only thing for this one, Lisa Coleman does uh, the keyboards. For okay. This. Um, and so basically, Prince would teach this to them yeah. and be like, "Okay, this is how you're going to be." He was really idol makery. Right. So he'd be like, "You're going to act like this. You're going to dress like this. This is how you're going to sound." Yeah, we talked a lot about that on our Minneapolis yeah. episode with all the other Prince protege yes. acts. And this is this is the first real incarnation of the time. And they got much better as they got older. I really like this because it's a little more spare, it's kind yes. of stripped down compared it's to that early eighties Prince sound. Yeah, yeah. Prince sound. But like Dirty Mind, which is yeah. like maybe my favorite Prince sound. Yeah, this is right around that time. Yeah. So they got much funkier. They also got much slicker. Yeah. Like, they're real kind of subdued here. Yes. I Well, yeah. Same thing with Prince. Like, over his first few years, the production value yes. of the stage show grew. Yep. And, yeah. Um, so, who, which ones are Jimmy Jam and Jimmy Terry Jam Lewis? and Terry Lewis. Jimmy Jam is in the uh, playing keyboards on the left. Mm -hmm. And right in front of him on bass is Terry Lewis. Yeah, I thought that was. Yeah. And so, they've been, the like, literally best friends since high school. Yeah. Terry Lewis looks... Super cool. Terry Lewis yeah. always looks cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he does a cool little thing with Jesse coming up now. Um, and uh, the best is that Morris Day jacket lasted like two albums. The, the jacket he's wearing? Yeah, he yeah. wore that jacket forever. Well, do you think he had... Maybe I yeah. yeah. Do you think he had just multiples of that jacket? Yeah. Or he just took really good care of that jacket? I think he had... I want to say in my heart that he only had one. <laughs> but like, just wear the jacket, dude. Yeah. Just wear the jacket. You look great. But it's in their second album, too. Yeah. Uh, that kind of like a leopard print thing. Um, but yeah, so there you see them. And they're all just real kind of detached in this. And they're all really young. Yeah. They're all super, super young in this. 
and uh, they're just a bunch of Minneapolis uh, musicians that Prince put together. The, the, the thing I love about Morris Day that, that Morris has that Prince doesn't have is the sense of humor about himself. Yes, <laughs> yes, which is really... There, everyone's gone on record to say that apparently Prince is hysterical. Yeah, no, I do know that. But, but like, he's got an ego, and Morris Day is, yes. is kind of goofy. Yeah, yeah. Morris... Yeah, there's the mirror, the famous mirror bit, which is not as uh, overdone as it is in Purple Rain. I just want to back that up a second, because... They're, like they're doing the mirror bit, and the whole rest of the band freezes. Yes, but Terry Lewis cannot keep himself from tapping his foot. He's oh, the only one moving. I didn't even see that. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. He's like, he's like, I'm can it grooves, man. Yeah. It grooves. And all the kids are doing the spelling out C O O L with uh, their hands, yeah, yeah, yeah. which I think I've seen concert footage. They try to do that in concert. They try to make it a thing. It doesn't There's, work when you have a double vowel. In no, the it doesn't really cut it. Call? Call? <laughs> Um, but this was like their first big uh, song, first big video. Yeah. They went on to do three albums with Prince and then a couple more on their own. They still tour today. Um, that was great. That was yeah. That was, that was way early. That was cool. That was cool, man. Boom. That was cool. Nailed it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was their. That's their first big break. Being yeah. in the time, but they always wanted to be uh, producers and songwriters. But and, but Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis were already best friends even yes, before the time. Yes, they so they, they were destined like to work spent. together. They were destined to work. They always wanted to work together. And so now we're getting into the next song, which is their groundbreaking moment of when they became big time uh, producer songwriters. Okay, I have a I have a question before we continue. Please, I assume Terry Lewis is Terry Lewis's real name. I have to imagine Jimmy Jam is a stage name unless he's James Jam of the Minneapolis Jams. I cannot Jams. remember his last name right now. Okay. But it's Jimmy. I actually read that a lot of guys in the band just called him Jimmy. Yeah. And Prince kept saying Jimmy Jam. Oh, like it's just a nickname. Yeah, as a nickname. As like, like uh, Jimmy Jam would say like, yeah, Prince would kind of like really dig into me in a good way about like, Hey, you need to dance more when you're playing the keyboards. Hey, you need to play with your left hand as well. Hey, you need to sing. And uh, apparently Jimmy Jam's like, yeah, it's a three-part harmony. And Prince goes, no, it's a four-part harmony now. You go ahead and sing. <laughs> and so, but he kept saying Jimmy Jam, Jimmy Jam, Jimmy Jam. Yeah. And it just kind of stuck for okay. a while. So, yeah. But um, that's so, what they go by all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, it never varies. So, we're about to listen to the SOS. Have you heard of the SOS band? Uh, no, I have not. You might have heard of their first song before this. They had a big hit, kind of a little post disco week called uh, Take Your Time, Do It Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, the sure, SOS band. Sure. They had a bunch of songs. They're out of Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And um, the song that we're about to play is Just Be Good to Me in 1983. Mm -hmm. This was the breakthrough that Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis needed to become what they are today. Okay. Uh, and there's a great story about it, it's fascinating. I just want to say before we continue, because you said it kind of fast, the name of the song is Just Be Good To Me, yes. and it's from 1983, but the way you said it makes it sound like the name of the song is Just to, Just Be Good To Me in 1983, <laughs> which would have been an awesome that name for the song. song. Uh, and it was in parentheticals? Because I love when songs tell you what year they came out. Like, remember Ruben stuttered, Sorry For 94? Yeah. This is my sorry for... 2004. Oh my god, I have not even like, thought of that. Way, song to, way so to make the shelf life of your pop song <laughs> yeah. even shorter yeah. than it already is. Guy, come on, just take the date out. So but no, this just is be just good be good to me, me in 1983. 1983. By the SOS. By the SBAN. Yes. You maybe you might recognize this. And this is a Soul yeah. Train video, because you have to put Soul Train. I feel like I should have gotten a little more credit in the moment for making a Ruben Stutter <laughs> reference. <laughs> I appreciate the Ruben Stutter reference. I forgot that song Soul existence. Train. Soul Train. Soul Train. 
This is the 1983 Soul Train set. Yes. <laughs> it's a little less earth tony than the more familiar yep. 70s set. It's a little, it's a little darker. It's a little more um, like solid gold. Or, yeah. Or... Yeah. I think they had a little more money because they had that big Soul Train sign. Yeah. So uh, this was a huge song for them. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of this song. Not familiar to me yet, but you might recognize uh, the the hook. But. Very early 80s post-disco. Yes, exactly what it is. And that was the SOS band. And they had a bunch of hits that sound very similar to this. And uh, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis went on to produce a couple more of those mm-hmm. things. So, uh, right around the 80, early 80s, when they were in the time, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis were like, hey, let's get management and see if we can become singer-songwriters too. And they did. Mm-hmm. And they started trying to get songs to people, the bands. And apparently the word is that Prince was like, okay with it. Like, he was like, nah, all right. Yeah. Uh, he didn't say as no. Long, as long as you're not successful, I guess you yeah. can go try your little <laughs> try thing. Try your little thing. Yeah. So they came up with this song, Just Be Good to Me, and the SOS band were like, hey, we like this song. Let's record it. And uh, But they were on, uh, Prince was on tour with the time for the 1999 tour for Vanity, Time, and Prince. That was that. What would you say? I would fucking love this. Yeah, <laughs> I was like twelve. But I would have been uh, not born. Still counting my age in months. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. But so they were on tour, and they were a little in a little break with the tour before they were going to go to San Antonio to restart the tour. Mm-hmm. Prince is like, okay, you can do it in between that break. Be back for the tour. And so they went, flew to Atlanta, recorded the song, mm-hmm. got stuck in a snowstorm in Atlanta, and couldn't make the gig in San Antonio. Uh, so, and this is why I fucking love Prince. Yeah. So, it's San Antonio, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis aren't there, so they have no bassist and they have no keyboardist for the time. Yeah. So, Prince goes, okay, um, Lisa, you go on stage, you'll do keyboards. Yeah. Jerome, just grab that bass, pretend to be bass on stage, I'll stand behind this curtain and play bass for the set. <laughs> and that's how it went down. Sure. Which I was like, that's the coolest. Yeah. Because uh, it, it doesn't matter. He played all the, the yeah. instruments on the album anyway. He's like, it doesn't matter. At least he can play the keyboards. I'm yeah. just going to stand. I just love the drum. Yeah, just grab that bass and just pretend. Yeah. Just fuck around. I thought you were going to tell me that he, like, fired the... He did. Oh, okay. That's exactly what happened. Okay. So he they came back. Yeah. Prince find, Prince find them. Yeah. And then it, some say that they, he quit, but... Some say, oh, they quit, but no, he fired them. Yeah. Because once he fired them, then a couple of the band members at the time left. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monty Moore, the other bass uh, keyboardist, the, the white guy, right. he quit. He's like, fucking, I'm out. And then that's why in Purple Rain, there's three random dudes in the time. Oh, so those are randos. They weren't like full-fledged band members who replaced? They the replaced them specifically for Purple Rain. Okay. Yes. They were they were Min- they were Minnesota, uh, Minneapolis... Uh, Guys, yeah. And Prince is like, okay, you guys are filling in. You're in that. Well, were they like basically just extras in the movie, or were they actual members of the time from that point? Well, the time broke up. Oh, that's right. They broke yeah. up before Purple Rain came out. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, so, and then, and then when the time reunited, everyone from the original came. Oh, okay, out. okay. Yeah. So there were never any true replacements yeah. for yeah. The so it, it's just so funny to me to see Purple Rain and go, oh, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis aren't even in this. Yeah, because they got fired. But that's why I, I love this song and I love this story because it's like, this was the song that did it for them. Yeah, firing was probably the best thing yes. that ever happened to them yeah. because otherwise they might not have yeah. dove feet first into producing. Exactly. I always love the sliding door thought of like when Prince was like, 
That's cool, man. Yeah. You can't control the weather. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's fine. That, that would not be very <laughs> prince. No. Yeah. No. But he's like, no, fuck you. You're fired. Yeah. You know, and or even like alternatively, when Prince is like, oh, you guys want to be uh, singer, uh, producers and, and songwriters, just do it for my label. Yeah. And do that. You don't have to be in the time. Just be for my label. And this whole trajectory would have been different. Right, right. But he fired him. This uh, SOS Vet song became a hit, and then it just kind of took off from there. If Prince weren't such an egomaniac, we never would have had Janet Jackson. Exactly. Right. Yep. And you'd have had a short-lived new edition. Yeah, sure. Yes. Okay. Uh, which uh, segues lovely into our next song. All right. Does it? Okay. A little I bit. Know, I don't know what this is either. You don't know the Force MDs. No. Is there any relation to Full Force? No. Not at all. That would have been a good double bill tour. It would have been great, though. Yeah. Uh, Force MD. The Force Tour. So, um, the Do, Force... Is there... And what does MD stand for here? In Force MDs? Or is it just like medical doctors? It's medical doctors. Oh, okay. Yeah. But there's not like a... Uh, oh, like a backronym or like a Like a true respect of other people <laughs> or something like that? Nothing will ever be or, as um, best as true. Uh, Total respect good, of all... GQ stands for good quality. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the two greatest acronyms ever. All right. Um, so this is, uh, this is a ballad called Tender Love mm-hmm. and you don't know it, but, and which is fine, kind of, um, but, <laughs> wow, that was, <laughs> wow, that was real music nerd shit <laughs> you real, just laid yeah. on it. That's okay. <laughs> um, this, and I, and I say this without any hyperbole, Yeah. Tender Love, uh, hearing Tender Love on an R&B, classic R&B station would be like hearing a Stone's Brown Sugar on a classic rock station. It's always on. Okay. It's just one of those songs that's always been on since it came on. Okay. So this song is from 1985. It's actually from the soundtrack to Crush Groove. Oh. Oh, um, I may know it. Though. Yeah. Crush Groove is a terrible movie. It's but it's, it's just a vehicle for the music. It doesn't yes, matter to that. Exactly. Exciting. And it's, for those who don't know, Crush Groove, 1985, it's the story of Def Jam. Yeah. Loosely based Def Jam. Uh, it's not great, uh, but it does star a very young Blair Underwood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and along and with, a young Ice T is in that. Right? Uh, a young LL Cool J is in it as an extra. Yeah. Um, uh, and then it has Run DMC, of course, the Fat Boys. Don't the Beastie Boys show up? Beastie Boys yeah. show up in it. Uh, Sheila E. is the love interest to uh, Blair Underwood. No real Prince connection. They were just like, Sheila E.'s hot right now. Let's put her in a movie. Yeah. Um, you, just for context, I've seen Crush Groove once. Oh, my God. It was my first semester in college, so this is <laughs> almost 18 years ago, and I was extremely stoked. <laughs> yeah, that's the best so, way to see it, because so, it's not good. So I don't remember the yeah. details. It's not a good thing. It, it just rules. Yeah. yeah. Seeing it stoned is great, though. Yeah. Um, it is, yeah, it's not, it made a ton of money. Like, it, it was a very, it cost like $2 million and made a bunch of money. Yeah. So, and it was still early enough in hip hop that it's just, it's still a huge touchstone. Exactly. For, it for is definitely a touchstone. Classic hip hop. So, this is the, let's just go ahead and play it. This is the love theme for um, Crush Girl. Yeah. And uh, this is, they basically call themselves a doo wop RB group. Because okay. they sound like it. Um, they the only other song I know by them is an up tempo rap rap ish song called "Itching for a Scratch," which is on a Crush Group. <laughs> okay. So I only know those two songs from these guys, but this is their huge, gigantic hit. Like this is a massive. Yeah, I know this song. Yeah, I probably thought it was New Edition or something. And there's yeah. our segue because yeah. they tried to get New Edition to do this song, ah. couldn't afford them in '85. Yeah. So they another sliding door. 
Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis could have worked with New Edition three years earlier to when they first started, which I find fascinating. But yeah, they so this is '85. This is '85. They couldn't get New Edition, yeah. So they're like, "Well, we need a love song in the in the it's the only love song in the whole uh, movie." Yeah. So they got these guys, the Force MDs, to sing it. But this could have been New Edition. Yeah, it sounds good. Yeah, they look cool as hell. They look cool. How as I see this, I'm like, God, I wish I could wear a red Kango hat. Yeah, you cannot. I cannot. No. I cannot. But that guy can wear it. Yeah, like that one in one billion people can wear <laughs> yep. red, like, leather. Or maybe leather. I'm going to say it's leather. I'm going to give credit and say it's leather. Leather Kangol. Yeah. yeah. Here's my favorite part. It's just a big fan. They even gave him some little kind of low-key new edition choreography. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's like, it is, and I and I love this song, but it yeah. is very much like, okay, we can't get new edition. Uh, let's get these guys. Let's just go in. we got to yes. make it. They actually flew to Minneapolis to do the song. Um, and my one of my favorite things about this song is, as soon as this part is gone, yeah. the rest of the song is really just instrumental and vamping. Like, there's really hardly any lyrics to this song. Okay. And I just love it. That's it. So now you're just going to get to this song. So it's still early on in their songwriting career. They haven't quite nailed how to end one. <laughs> yeah. So it just keeps going. But I love it. I love the piano in this. Now, nothing about this musically makes me think of doo-wop, but it does have that thing of like, we're just going to hang out on the sidewalk, on the stoop, and sing. Yes. Which is very doo-wop. Yes. We're going to sing to a girl who's in the window because yeah. we love her. Right. And hope that she'll come out and be with us. See, that's the cool thing about a, a, an R&B group. It's like, we're all in love with the same girl, but we don't care. <laughs> it doesn't matter. We all can. Because we're just singing as a unit. So. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just this. And I love it. But uh, this is great because when this comes on and you're driving in your car at night, there are no lyrics to know, <laughs> so you can sing along so easy. Yeah. This fully pulls at my heartstrings. Yeah. Still. I'm still like, yeah, Tendler, that's a love song. Yeah. 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 This Kirk. makes me nostalgic for a time that I don't remember. Uh, you know what I mean? Yes, exactly. Yeah. This makes me remember going 15 going, I'll find love. This, yes, this makes me feel like I can put myself in the place of a <laughs> 1985 high school junior who's just like lovesick. Yeah. And driving yeah. and like. Man, <laughs> Melanie doesn't even like me. She likes that that jerk Rick. Yeah, man. When am I gonna get my turn to fall in love? Yeah, this comes on and you just turn it up loud and yeah. drive, kind of sun. Yeah, yeah. Once again, I, my wildest fantasy, my self-loathing runs so deep <laughs> that in my fantasies, I'm not like making out on lookout pointlessly to the song. I'm driving alone, wondering <laughs> yes. why the object of my affection doesn't like me back. Like the end of your fantasies, you continue to drive, not, oh my God, there she is on the street waiting no, for me. Nope, I just drive <laughs> home. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the point of tender love. <laughs> Uh, that was great. Though. Yes. Yeah. So that was Tender Love. Okay. Now, did they both write and produce the track? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Like they always. I assume it. everything that we're going to look at is written and produced by. Yes. Okay. No, no. I have a surprise one for okay, you. Okay. Well, we'll yes. get to that. There's only one that's a surprise one. Okay. Um, but this next one was written and uh, produced. I don't think I know this song. But you know when I saw the group on yep. the list of videos that you wanted to do. It, it like half blew my mind. Yeah. A lot of people, I was talking uh, to my wife, Anne, about this. And yeah. she loves this song. Yeah. And she was like, 
And I told her that it was Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. She's like, what? They wrote and produced this? Wrote and produced this song. This song by The Humanly. The Humanly. The yes. Don't You Want Me Baby. Yes. The Fascination. Humanly. Fascination. Which is better. I, much better. Thank you, Paul. Fascination is easily the better oh, Humanly song. by far. High five. Yes. It's dead on. Don't add All us right. with that. We are such white nerds. <laughs> yes. We just high fived over The Humanly. <laughs> no one has ever high fived over The Humanly. <laughs> In the history of, of oh, anything. so cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, All right. So, yeah. But this so is human. This by human, the human League. By the Human League. And this is 86, I believe. So they're not at the peak of their popularity. No. And here's what's fascinating. They had that brief, like, early 80s. I think 82, maybe. They had those two back-to-back hits. But they this uh, song, Human, is off their fifth album. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I guess my, my assumption is that they were still pretty big in... Uh, England. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. And I think they wanted to break through back to America. So what do you do? Call Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. So you know that you probably know this song. I don't. You'll recognize it. Yeah. I'll have to find out. Yeah. I don't know it by name. In my head, I only know the two big hits. Yeah. You also recognize it because it's on an insurance commercial. <laughs> really? Yes, it is. Okay. I can't remember which one, which which insurance commercial. Oh, the Human League still needs to make money. Yes, they do. This, out of all the songs tonight, this is the song that makes me most nostalgic. And I, really? Yeah. But I don't know why either, but just, it was... Any particular memories or just in general? Was this a radio hit? Huge. Really? Okay. This was a huge radio hit on pop and R&B charts, which was I will a big say, deal. Just from the intro alone, it definitely sounds more like a Jimmy Jam and Terry yeah. Lewis song than a Human League song to me. Yes, which is another great segue because that's how Human League felt. Yeah, uh, I in, guess in a, in a negative way. Yes. Oh, okay. They went to uh, Minneapolis. Yeah. To do the song. Yeah. Let's keep playing. Uh, and um, Jimmy, and this is where it gets really fascinating. Yeah. Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Keep feeling fascination. Like, keep feeling fascination. Man. <laughs> that is a sexy other song. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis go to the Human. Like, hey, we got the song. It's called the Human. Here's how it sounds. Here's how you will sing it. You will not deviate from this. Yeah. Just like Prince did to them. <laughs> and I absolutely know this song. By the way. Yeah. 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 Song. Song. yeah. It's a great song. I love this song. So, um, and so much so that uh, I read that uh, the women in the group don't even sing the background of this. Oh. They, they, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis just got some uh, women to sing in Minneapolis. And we're like, okay, you're going to sing the background. They do do the vocal, the, there's that spoken word part. They do okay. that. So the women didn't have anything to do with this yeah. song. I mean, it all makes sense because, of course, I know this song. I've known this song for years. I never knew that it was the human yeah. league because it doesn't sound anything like no, it sounds nothing like them and then yeah. the fact that Jimmy Jam and, like, I just probably Jimmy, just assumed it was some R&B yeah. yeah yeah and this was huge yeah it was a big crossover yeah. which was which was pretty big thanks to Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis and apparently I can't remember this guy's name I'm going to say Martin but I know that's not <laughs> uh, he is going just because he's British doesn't yeah. mean his name is Martin I should Name shame him. Xenophobic. <laughs> He's gone on record saying, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm glad we had the song, but I really felt like a puppet when I had to sing it. Yeah. And Terry Lewis' response to that was, yeah, you got a number one song, though, didn't you? <laughs> Nobody in that exchange is wrong. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Like, yeah, you were a puppet, and I understand why you wouldn't want to be. Yeah. But also... 
You're tell, welcome. Tell it to your banker. Yeah. <laughs> tell it to when you hear this song on the insurance commercial in 2017. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So here's the big spoken word part. <laughs> Not my favorite thing in pop music. No. Spoken word in But interlude. it's the big turn in the song. Yeah. And also because it's British accented is yes. the only part that sounds like the human voice. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I recognize that voice. Yes. Yeah. But she was unfaithful too. Yeah. That's the twist. Mm. And the how sad he is. That's kind of similar to the plot of Don't You Want Me Baby, which is basically a exactly. star Exactly. Which I think I, I'm going to almost bet that Jimmy Jam and Tierra Lewis is like, let's, let's, let's explore that a little bit. Let's, yeah. let's use that again because that was a big deal. Yeah. 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 Well, it's a good story. That's why they're remaking A Star is Born again. Oh, yeah, that's right. Who, do we know who's in that? I don't remember. I don't yeah. know. I know. I mean, I'm not necessarily against it. I just know it's, a, it's like the third version. Yeah, it is the third version. Yeah. Um, and I think this was the last big, well, last definitely the last big U.S. hit for uh, The Human League. Yeah. It's a cool video, too. It's very 80s. It's very, very 80s. watery. Yeah. Literally. It's very somber. Yeah. No one's No one's emoting. Um, but yeah, I, this really brings the nostalgia to me for this song, Yeah, which yeah. Uh, I love. What, what year is this? That, I believe, is 86. So this is right, it's Control is 86, right? Yeah, so yeah I think Control is, happened. Okay. So then, and then this happened. So they are now yeah. like the biggest yeah. production name in the, yes. in the business. Yes. Okay. Um, which is uh, good because then we go into... Well, yeah, we have to talk about... It's time to talk about Janet. Yes. Okay. No, but not really. But not really. Yes. I mean, this look, this could have just been Janis Jackson's greatest hit. Yeah, yeah. And it would have been a perfect encapsulation yeah. of what Jimmy, Jim, and Terry Lewis have done. But this music, Reagan, we don't do greatest hits. No, we couldn't do it. Sometimes um, we do, but for the most part... For the most uh, part, no. If we're going to talk about Jimmy, Jim, and... T- Terry Lewis in terms of Janet Jackson, it will be through the lens of whom? It'll be through Herb Alpert. Because <laughs> why not? Because why not? So for those who know who Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass, mm-hmm. uh, very successful, very popular um, jazz group in the late 60s, early 70s. Mm-hmm. Uh, like made, jazz pop. Jazz pop, yeah. Kind of Brazil Calypso sometimes mm-hmm. too. The, um, not, not necessarily crossover pop, but very much entrenched in jazz. They were mm-hmm. considered jazz. Um, their album, uh, they have an album called Whipped Cream, Cream and Other, Other Delights, Delights, which yeah. is a wonderful cover. One of the most famous album covers ever. Which I have on album. Right, because a very sexy album cover for not very sexy music. No, not sexy music yeah. at all, but it's just false this, advertising. Yeah, basically. just this album, just a, a, a woman doused in whipped cream. Yeah, well, I think it's shaving cream for the purposes, yes. for photography purposes. Yes. It's yes. very foamy. Yes, but just yeah. looking at the camera longingly. Um, so, uh, he was big then. And then, uh, Herb Albert had another resurgence around 80 with a song called Rise, mm-hmm. which, you know, we played it actually in the office a couple times. Okay. Um, For, uh, Smooth Jazz yes, Fridays. Friday. Yeah. And it was one of those, it was a very, it was 80 and it was one of those last grasps at, uh, disco. It's not a real disco song, but it's got disco flavor. And that was a big hit. And so then 86 rolls around and I kind of feel like Herb Albert's like, you know, I need another hit. <laughs> and Herb Albert seems like that guy who's like, yeah, I don't care. Yeah. Let's, let's get a, let's get a hit. So we went to Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, like uh, the human league. And, uh, they did diamonds. Diamonds featuring Janet Jackson. Featuring Janet Jackson. Immediately post control. Yes. Or, okay. Yes. Like very, like control came out. Control was everything. And then, boom, this happened. So this is on a Herb Albert album. This is a Herb Albert song. 
single. Yes. Yeah. On a Herb Albert album. Yeah. Yes. This video gets a little wacky. It's a little long. We can cut ahead a little sure bit. Although, except right now because there's drum. Here's a fun fact that I just learned uh, about four hours ago. Okay. Uh, Jerome Benton is Terry Lewis's half-brother, oh. which explains everything of why he's in the time. Because he doesn't do anything. Right, but he it's just nothing. like, hey, can my brother, or why don't you bring your brother? Yeah. Or my you brother's can... real funny. Yeah. He can dance. He can kind of do a little bit of percussion. Why don't you just bring him in and we'll call him the just ballet. The hype man. And the he's, ballet. Yeah, yeah, and he's been doing that ever since yeah. and I'm like god that's it what a great gig <laughs> he just does that one thing so the whole video Apple was loyalty okay. so he's talking to Janet in the limo because they're going into a club and Janet's like no I'm going to drive around the limo so I'll see you later so Jerome and Herb go into the club because they're going to test out this new album <laughs> Herb's real like he's real dorky cool yeah he's real dorky cool but he's also like He's like wacky, like these these wacky bits about don't do drugs. He's like, okay, I won't do drugs. <laughs> and it calls him who's coming. Like, so he's really got the vibe of like a '60s star in the '80s. Yeah. Still hanging on to being a cool yeah. guy, but like oh, I'm aging out of this, but I'll hang out. Yeah, but he's like <laughs> self-aware enough to be like, let's see if I can milk this a little longer yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and get a hit out of it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like it's funny because when I saw this video, I was like. I knew of I knew of her but I was like, oh, who's this old guy? Yeah, that's in this video. So um, th this whole video goes on much longer than it needs to be for wackiness. Because mm -hmm. now here's a wacky bit between Jerome and an actor people might know named T.K. Carter. Oh, T.K. Carter from Punky Brewster. Yes. Hell yeah, I that's know T.K. Carter. Carter is. Because I watched two episodes of Punky Brewster after school every day <laughs> when this was out. T.K. Yep. Carter was like uh, the teacher slash counselor at Fenster Hall, the... My God, Paul, go for it. Oh, yeah, because Punky Brewster was, like, uh, an orphan, and then she was, like, in foster care, yep. and Fenster Hall was, like, the... Not an orphanage, but, like, a foster care center, but then yep. later he was her teacher in school. That was how I remember it, yeah. Uh, T.K. Carter, for me, as a little boy, was, like, the coolest dude! Yeah. yeah. He's had a great career. Yeah. For those who also like T.K. Carter... He was in a celebrated HBO show called The Corner in the early 2000s. Okay, that which is a very, very serious drama. And he was the lead in it and was stunningly good. Really? Like, I've never seen him. Look up The Corner. He's amazing. Okay. So they haven't even started the song yet because it's wacky. It's a whole about, sketch. Whole yeah. sketch about, are you going to play the song or not? Yeah. So fun fact, again, this bar is called Buckets, mm -hmm. which I'm convinced is a inside joke to Minneapolis people around Prince. Because Prince in Bat Dance refers to Bucky. Yeah. It says, hey, Bucky, slip the seven inch into the computer. Okay. So I convinced that Bucky is some sort of in-joke between all of them. Just Bucky as a... As a name. As right. someone named a nicknamed Bucky. But okay. I, I have... But I, we don't... We can't we get don't, to the bottom I can't of find it. it. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to keep searching up. I'm going to write this down. Who is Bucky? Who is we're going to do a whole like... <laughs> we're going to do a whole offshoot podcast like serial style. Yes. Who's we, Bucky? Who is Bucky? Oh, that'd be the best, Paul. Just dig into it. So the song finally started. Now, here's the thing. Janet's in it. Yeah. Now, you hear the song and you go, is it a Herb Albert song featuring Janet Jackson or is it a Janet <laughs> Jackson song featuring Herb Albert? Sure. Well, he's, he doesn't sing, so no. he's not going to be front and center. No, but it, there's, you'll keep listening. There's barely any trumpet. Okay. There's hardly any trumpet except for a solo in the middle of it. And 
this, but like you said, he doesn't care. Put my name on it. Yeah, he's like, I'll, sure, yeah. I'll just play a couple bars. I'll play a couple like bars. This will be my it song. It will sell the rest of the album, and that has me on it, so fine. Yeah, I feel that's what it was, and I love that attitude. The anti-ego is, yeah. is so uh, opposite of Prince. And yeah, because this is, like, this. if you didn't know this, you'd be like, oh, this is some Janet Jackson song I don't know about. Yeah, yeah, this is not familiar to me. Yeah. But I heard this song a lot. I loved it because Janet was in it. Uh, See, it's still He's bitter. literally in the video standing around, looking awkward, holding his horn and not playing it. Yes, exactly. That's the video. <laughs> and then the whole thing is that Janet is in the limo driving around and like, is she going to come into the club and perform or not? And then Jerome is dancing wacky with T.K. Carter. I'm, I'm honestly so hyped to see TK That's Carter. great. I'm glad that you know him because he's a yeah. great, great actor and has had a long career. Yeah. Um, so now he's just starting to play the, the trumpet right now. And he's a great trumpet player. I mean, he's yeah, a, sure. it's yeah. amazing. So now here it comes. And it's almost like the solo, but then it's just going to go right back in eventually yeah. to the song. But it's enough for him to get co-writing credit, yeah, exactly. put his name on the single, it's maybe some publishing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's his. As long as the checks come. <laughs> and it's funny, too, because he's had a couple videos after this, because this was kind of a big resurgence. He had another one or two albums that were pop like to this. Yeah. And they're, they're all so wacky. I think he's got a wacky sense of humor, because they're wacky, but he has some wacky videos. Yeah. Uh, and are, sort of, are they as wacky as, uh, what's that Kenny Chief video with the, the doctor, doctor, Nothing is wacky as against Dr. Doors. Nothing. <laughs> One of the shining moments of music right I now. Did, I got some Doctor's Orders vibes just now while he was walking through the yep. club playing his horn. It's a little... Yeah, yeah, exactly. So now we're like, oh, Janet might be in the video. Uh, yeah, because they're like, oh, she's walking through the club. And then They just did that great shot that you'll see where a car pulls up and it's a close shot on like the curb. Yes. And you see the door open and just a footstep. Yeah. Out. Cause it's like, Oh, Janet's coming. Yeah, it's like, Ooh, who is this? We don't know. Such a great close up establishing. <laughs> yes. Show. She do more what? of that. It's a real crowd of hip young folks. You were real young. You, you were really getting down to the so third album. So this is an homage to the control album. Okay. That her dance so like she did that in the control video. Yeah. So that's a big that's a little homage. So she's about to break through. But it's a little girl! Oh, it's not Janet at all. It's a wacky little girl who's killing it. Yeah. Like she is dancing exactly like Janet. So that's that's the big takeaway of the video. Yeah. Yeah. With the little Janet mini me. Yeah, just killing it. And she's dressed like she like Janet in the control video. Yeah. So does Janet Jackson not appear in this at all? She appeared in uh, Shadow at the very, very beginning in the limo. And that's, and it. that's it. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. Herb barely appears yeah. in this video. <laughs> well, he appears a lot in it, just not playing that yes. music. Yeah. yeah. Um, yep. And then you get back to some wacky TK. Yeah, but it's just a it's a fascinating song to me of like, hey Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis are so big, can I work with you and yeah. can you give me a big hit? Yeah, we can do that. This is the kind of song that the way it makes me nostalgic because I wasn't listening to like pop music at the time, mm-hmm. but it makes me think of like eighties movies. Like I feel like oh there would be like a yeah 
a cool scene in a movie where people are hanging out at a club or something and this is going. You know what I mean? You know, it's I look at it now and you're like, oh look at this dumb club scene. Yeah. But as a kid, like sixteen years old, I'm like, oh that club's cool. Because it was, but yeah, but yeah. It's, like you said, it's real yuppie shit. Oh, yeah, it's real yuppie It looks shit. like a scene out of American Psycho. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. Unironically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was uh, that was Janet Jackson. That was great. And not too long because it was delightful the whole time. Yeah, okay. Nothing's too long if it's, if it's that fun. Yeah. Uh, but let's get uh, down to brass tacks let's, here. Let's get serious here because we're going to talk about New Edition. Is there another mm-hmm. artist who we've looked at three times in three different episodes? Or is new edition? Is this, is this a first? Captain Beefheart, Beefheart is two. Captain Beefheart's two. We've done a bunch twice. Yes. Not sure if we've done anyone else three times. Yeah. New edition, oh. of course, had their own episode. Yeah. Then they reappeared in a grab in a in a, a B sides episode. Yeah. But now here they are again in oh, a standard. They're going to be again in about a couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sense. Um, but which which song that we haven't talked about before are we going to talk? about We're going to talk about "You're Not My Kind of Girl," okay? Which is one of my favorite songs off their seminal album "Heartbreak." This is 1988. It's 1980. This is their big. We're men now. Yeah. This is our album. Um, the album's probably better known for uh, "Can You Stand the Rain." Can you stand the rain? And uh, if it isn't love, yeah, which was their big breakthrough crossover hit as well. Uh, this one was a huge R&B hit. It hit number three. Mm-hmm. Did nothing on uh, pop charts, which really distresses me because it's really a good song and it sounds poppy. It's R&B pop. Yeah, I like this song a yeah, lot. Yeah, I, like I, I love the sentiment of it. I knew it's you would because it's another one of those ones that like uh, Ralph and the guys are arguing again. Yeah, yeah. It's great. But to put it in context, this was – I'm going to uh, – not, it's not even a hot take. It's just straight up fact. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis saved New Edition. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this is now post-Bobby Brown has exited. Yeah. Bobby Brown left. Uh, they have new management. They have no money. Yeah. And they're like – Because of all the fucking deals that went down yeah. with the uh, record label. Record label and Restar. And they have – like zero. They, they got dicked out of all their money. Yeah. And yeah, Bobby left. They uh, they're also like 18, 19, 20 years old. They don't really want to be bubblegum anymore. Makes so sense. yeah, and so it makes a lot of sense. Um, they'd also had they had the album that uh, Count Me from the Count Me Out song, which is a great song. Yeah, uh, that did well. The, the self titled. Yeah, but then by now they've done that like old standards, which, was which you hated. Yeah. yeah, I mean I think it did okay for them, but right because we watched the clip of them on Hollywood Squares yeah. where they were promoting that at the time, and you could tell they kind of didn't want to be there. Yeah, it's a real <laughs> embarrassing shit. So uh, and they just needed this album. Yeah, and and Jimmy Jam and Terry came in and executive produced the whole album. They wrote almost every song, maybe except one or two, which uh, Ricky and, and uh, Ralph wrote. Yeah. Uh, Ricky and Ralph uh, get writing credit for this one as well with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Let's play it. It's a great song. Yeah. And it's great new edition dancing. I've never, I don't think I've ever seen the video. I know the song because yeah. I know the album. Yeah. It, yeah. And it, it played a lot on like Video Soul and on BET. It didn't play on MTV at all. Yeah. Um, and I had heard that this isn't them really in concert. They just were like, hey, kids, we're going to shoot a video. Let's pretend we're in a concert. Sure. I feel like a lot of live videos yeah. are, are that. Yeah. I love Now, this is interesting to me. They're running, which I thought was on stage, in black. Yeah. And now they're in white. Ooh. But they're in white, like, naval outfits. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But False uh, flag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I... 
love this song. I love their dancing to it. This is one of those where like, I could be a new, new edition. I could be a new edition. <laughs> it's, every time I watch this, I'm like, I could do it. I could be the sixth guy. I could you be cannot. the sixth guy. You cannot. Uh, I was going to say, because you're not from Boston, but where's Johnny Gill from? Johnny Gill is from, uh, I think, Texas. Oh, okay. Definitely like Southern. And there's debating stories. Uh, uh, if you read it, it sounds like Michael Bivin was like, hey, Ralph's leaving. We need a new lead singer. Let's bring in Johnny Gill because they knew each other. Right. And in the BET movie, it's they make it seem like their new management's like, oh, Johnny Gill is just going to be in the group now. Now that Bobby's going to be. And they all were like, everyone was fine with it except Ralph. Because Ralph's like, felt like he was being replaced. Yeah. yeah. And Ralph's like, I'm not leaving yet. And also, it's Ralph's group, yes, but Johnny's got the better voice. Well, like based on sound, yes. Johnny's a better singer. Johnny can do yes, more. Objectively, with his voice. yes. Yes. Uh, it's. There's Ralph. more texture to it. Yeah. He has more range. Yes. But Ralph is the sound of music. Ralph, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But and and to credit to Johnny Gill, he was like, "Hey man, I know I'm a good singer. It's your it's yours. Yeah, let's just work together." And, and they're like best buds now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but but um, here's what's curious to me because this album was a big hit. Yeah. But then they took a long break. Yes. Like, they took too long. They took too long, and it's sort of. I wouldn't say like they didn't pop again until '96 when it was like the big. Yeah, and that movie. was huge. Yeah. Yes. Well, what happened was. They all broke big mm-hmm. with all their solo stuff. So, like, Johnny had a huge album. Johnny's album, produced by Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Whole thing. That's what I wanted to get yep. at. Like, they kept working they with kept Jimmy working Jam and Terry Lewis. Yep. Ralph, produced by Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Yeah. Bubba DeVoe worked with the Bomb Squad. Right, because they were basically... Well, they didn't create New Jack's Way. No, but, but they were part They of went it. in that direction, and, and Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis... This is your part, by the way, that you love. How oh, and all yeah. the other songs, they're like, Ralph, what are you doing, man? And yeah. Ralph's like, no, man, this is me. Even in, uh, if it isn't love, there's that part where he goes, I love her. And they all, it, there's like almost a record scratch. And they go, love her? Like, what? Yeah. For the whole song before that, they're like in his corner. Yeah. And then he says he loves her. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, why don't they want Ralph to find no. love? They're always even contrary. They're yeah. always contrary to Ralph. <laughs> like in this one, they're like, Ralph, she's hot. Why aren't you with her, man? Why aren't yeah. you hitting that? And he's like, she's just not like that girl. Yeah. And, uh, and I, again, I bet you Jimmy Jam and Drew was like, hey, let's explore that. Yeah. Let's, let's yeah. get that going. <laughs> but yeah, to answer the question, so they all came out with huge albums. Yeah, and I and then what happened is they all came out with second albums, and none of them really did well. Were any of them produced by? Yes, Johnny's was produced by. Johnny's has Johnny's is underrated. The second, his second, his second album. He has a great uh, slow song called "A Quiet Time to Play," which is great. Ralph's second album, which was produced by Jimmy Jam, is it's okay. And then uh, Velvet DeVos was they produced a lot of it. I think they went to the Bomb Squad as well. It's more. They really leaned hard on the gangster rap, and it almost didn't feel like that. So. Right. But um, this is at the height of uh, their any heartbreak fame because it's, this is their like fourth single. So if it isn't love, is already out. Yeah. Can you stand the rain? Was out. I think uh, any heartbreak was out. Wait, we're gonna uh, watch this because this is my favorite way they end. The the they all synchronized the valley. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love but it. it's just it's. A weird, I don't want to say tragedy, that's too strong a word, but like 
Heartbreak feels like the huge beginning of a second act and a yes. comeback. And then it just sort of ends. It dipped a bit. Yeah. And then I think what happened, because it, 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 it grew even further after any because Bobby had his big album. Bobby never worked with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, which yeah. I find real interesting. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, those first albums came out were huge. Then I think they're all like, fuck, we're huge. Let's do second albums. Yeah. So they all did second albums. They all did not do well. And this is like 92, 93. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So that's why in 96, everyone was like, yeah, let's all get together on that album. Uh, but are Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, yes. are they involved with the 96 album? Yes, they are okay, involved they with are. 96. They are, I do not believe they're involved with Hit Me Off, but they have uh, other songs. Oh, so not the whole album, but uh, like yeah. individual. Ones. I'd say like uh, probably like 40 to 50% is them. Okay. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, they uh, they did produce this stuff. Okay. Very curious about this next yes. selection, which I don't think I know this song. What? what? Maybe when I hear it. You'll hear it. Because there this a was couple a other hit. times. That, yeah. Uh, this was something I that, know who George Michael is. Yeah, we're all familiar with George Michael. I was unaware he worked with Jimmy Janitor. Yeah. I didn't know it until uh, I sent you all this uh, several weeks ago. Oh, you were doing research? I was doing time, research yeah. and I was like, oh, and then I saw the list and then I was like, wait a minute. I thought I thought someone fucked up. Yeah. And I was like, no, they didn't produce or write anything for George Michael. And they did. This is George Michael's Monkey, by the way. Monkey. Which is a great, great song. What is this? What? Freedom? No, like, this what, is what? off of Faith. Oh, so th- we're still in the 80s. Yes. Yeah, so okay. this is still this is 88. Okay. So this was this was after was, I Want Your this Sex. This was a single? Yeah. This must have been like one of the last singles. It was the, the last album. single. Okay. So he had already done uh, I want your sex, faith, yeah. and father figure. Right. This was I, there might have been another one involved, but this was one of the last ones. I'm sure when this starts playing, I'll be like, oh, I know this. Yes, song. just and, not by name. And here's the one. This is uh, this whole list tonight. This is the one that they didn't write. Oh. They they mixed the single. So okay. So I'm gonna wait a second to see if you recognize it because it's a great dance song. You know, it's not really like it's ringing the tiniest bells, oh, but wow. I'm not. Interesting. Yeah. It doesn't. It's not like instant recognition. It wasn't. I'm sure I've heard it. Out of all the songs out of uh, that were singles released out of Faith, this was this is not. Yeah. No. Yeah. I know the other ones. Yeah. Much, obviously. But you, you, you know this hook? Yeah. I okay. mean, like, like I know I've heard it, but it's not like oh yeah, oh, like with the okay. Human League song. Yeah. I'm like yeah, of course I know this. But okay, yeah. so this is real interesting. So. There is a uh, version of this song. The album version of this song is uh, is different than this. Okay. This is the song that was released as a single all across the world. And this is what? This is what Jimmy Jam and Sherry Lewis mixed. Okay. So, so the album was, version, they weren't involved. They weren't involved in the album version. Okay. They were releasing the single. And I guess George was like, hey, do you want to sweeten it? Yeah. And rightfully so, because this version is way better. The <laughs> And I love George Michael, as we all know. Yeah. Uh, his version of Monkey on the album sounds like a demo compared to this. Yeah. You hear it go, oh, it sounds unfinished. And then you hear this like, oh, this is the finished version. But this is not on the album. This is the single that was released. I see. This is what that hit the charts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can, I can like hear the elements in it that yeah. I would guess aren't in the studio, in the yes. album version that are 
like probably yeah. Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis signature. Exactly. It's a little uh, the, the the bottom's deeper. Yeah. That that down down. Right, right, That's right. That's much deeper. That percussive stuff is in there a little harder. Yeah. Um, the other big thing that they did that I love is um, at the beginning of the song they put in a monkey shrieking. Because okay. <laughs> it wasn't in the album yeah. version. Um, oh, fun fact. How oh. can you have a song called Monkey and not put monkey sounds on? Yeah, that was, and they're like, George, come on. Yeah. Dude, we got you. We'll yeah. put it in. Um, another fun fact this video. It's like having an album called Shockadelica. <laughs> not, not exactly. A song called Shockadelica. Prince is like, you dummy, Jesse Johnson. <laughs> come on, dude. You're, you're missed opportunities. Yeah. Uh, this was choreographed by Paul Abdul. Ah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. That bassist, Dion Estes, <gasps> I'm Twitter friends with Yeah, you've mentioned that <laughs> yeah, before. Second time I mentioned right. it. I'm bragging. Oh, man, it's going to break your heart when you <laughs> that day where you look at who unfollowed me on Twitter and see that. <laughs> oh, I'd be so sad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she, she did a little grogging for this. Um, but... Uh, this was this was a pretty big song in, in, at the time. Yeah. Um, because it was one of those everything off of faith is going to track. It's going to be huge. It's going to be great. But I would I would venture to say it hasn't had the staying power of no. faith or a father no. figure. That is very true. But it is a very danceable, peppy song about drug addiction. Oh, is that what it's about? That's okay. what it's about. That's the monkey. Monkey on your back. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. George contained multitudes. Yeah, he was all about those fucking message songs. Yeah, he had a lot of it. Yeah, but at least yeah. he, he coded this in a great dance game. Yeah. Um, That's how you got to sell it to the yeah, kids. Man. Yeah. He sold it to me. Sold it to 17, 18 But workers. the hat he's wearing makes me want to do drugs. <laughs> I hate you his know? hat in this video. Okay. Because it it's giving me vibes of like uh, Blossom or like yes. Debbie Gibson or something. Are you not liking the suspenders now? No, I love suspenders. Okay, yeah, that's oh, true. Your suspenders suspenders always. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. I'll, I'll, I'll support you on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think suspenders are always a good choice. Yeah. I I, I agree with you. Um, and, and then the stage shots, he's wearing the classic fake, like, leather yes. jacket with the jeans. With the jeans and the tank top. I mean, the most unassailable look. Yeah. A great look for him. Just I mean, great. it's a great look for anybody. Jeans and a leather jacket. Yeah. It's Lou Reed. It's the yeah. Ramones. It's George Michael. But, like... George Michael kind of looks better in that look than anyone ever yeah, has. Yeah, he really is like, like I'm not really trying to look that good, yeah. but guys, I look that good. The Faith video is a very early establishment in my developing brain of like, what a cool guy. Looks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That looked good. He looked fucking great. Yeah. 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 The, the, the hat is really not... It's not your choice. No, it's so uncool compared to, like, <laughs> take it off and put the aviators back on, dude. So you're liking you're liking the concert George more than the studio yeah, George. Yes, very much. I understand. Very much. Yeah, but I didn't know that until, like, about three weeks ago that they – because I only know this song. I never brought, bought Faith because there was no need to buy Faith because it's just on the radio. <laughs> right. So when I heard Monkey, I didn't know – I always was like, oh, that's the George Michael version. I didn't know that Jimmy didn't. Taylor said anything to do with it. That's cool. Yeah, that was cool. Well, like, this is they're at the peak of their powers. Yeah, they can people do anything. People at, at just asking them to work on anyone's yeah. track, they can get them. Just on like, it. hey, I got this song. You don't need to do anything to just mix it. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, All right. are we entering in the nineties? We are entering yet? in the nineties. We're All entering right. ninety-one, I believe. Okay. Uh, this is a gospel group called the Sounds of Blackness. All right. Um, With. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna let's let's hold off on that because it's a little that's a surprise. Okay. So this is uh, Sounds of Blackness is um, a giant gospel group in popularity in the gospel world, but also it's like 20 people. 
Okay. It's like a bunch of singers and the musicians all in once. The polyphonic spree of (laughs) good gospel. Exactly. (laughs) Well said, Paul. Yes. Um, And they're out of, uh, they're also out of Minneapolis. Uh, I think they got their start like in the late 60s. And they've been around. I think they still tour and do stuff in the gospel world. But it's another example. I'm going to guess those 20 people have been in ever evolved. Like, yes, it evolves. And I think there's people that have been there forever. Yeah. But um, I just love that it's one of those things where I'm, I know it's Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. We're like, hey, Sounds of Blackness is fucking awesome. Let's let's get them a single. Yeah. They, let's they, let's, let's make them pop this group that we like. Yes, yeah. exactly. And this is uh, their song. This is their biggest song uh, called Optimistic. Okay. It's I love it because I'm an optimist. And uh, it's a very uplifting song, but it's not uh, religious at all. I'm not a big religious guy, but it's it's sound and its vibe is still very secular. Now, that's very much the opposite of me because I'm deeply religious, but yes. also deeply pessimistic. <laughs> yes. As by your shirt, Satan is real. <laughs> yeah, I'm wearing my Leuven Brothers Leuven t-shirt. Brothers. So this is the Sounds of Blackness on the Arsenio Hall Show because we always have to put Arsenio, Arsenio. Hall. And that, that's the band. I mean, can you do you really call them a band after there's yeah, a certain well, number of people? Yeah, in the group there's so stuff. many yeah. people. I couldn't even keep count. Um, but you hear me like, oh, this is a Jimmy Jam and Terry. Awesome. Yeah, I already hear that like bubbling bass, yep. and I'm like, oh, yeah, hell uh, yeah. Except it's done gospel. Yeah. I mean, this just has a real early '90s R&B yep. sound to it. Yeah. And this became a, a big hit on the R&B charts. Yeah. Uh, and then they did another album uh, and. Jimmy Jam Lewis produced that. They had a big hit called I Believe. Another secular sounding song, but it's religious. Um, I bought this album in 1991 just based on this song and only listened to this song. Yeah. <laughs> One of those albums? Yes. Uh, <laughs> and not because Sounds of Blackness is bad, it's just I don't really listen to the gospel that much. Right, right, right. So I just continue to listen to this. Everybody on stage is wearing almost all black. Yeah, and, and a red shirt. With, and a red shirt. It just, just looks cool. And I'm moving in your unison. And I also love this. It feels like the Arsenal Hall show is like, guys, we don't have enough mics. So you're <laughs> going to have to share. So you'll see they pass the mic along because they're just uh, worn enough. And I love that. They're like, here, take it. It's your turn to sing. Uh, it's like, she did it right there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know they weren't doing that in their own shows. No, not at all. But I love their own network with our city of uh, Fox, right? I thought it was Fox, but then it started Fox, and then I thought it became syndicated. Oh, all right. Yeah, I could have sworn that. I was going to think, this is, if this is 9091, Fox has not exploded yet. They probably didn't have enough money. Well, they had a living color, <laughs> and that's basically this. Yeah. That, yeah, well. Um, but I'm also a big fan of this song, When You're Feeling Down, because the optimistic. Okay. I just I just put on GG Allen right there. <laughs> yeah. No, I put this on when I'm sad. It's like you can win as long as you keep your head to the sky. Be optimistic. I'm a big fan of that sentiment. Um, and I I bought this strictly on. Oh, this is produced by Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. I'm buying it. I'm assuming they they didn't produce the whole album. But, they oh, did. Who just showed up. Johnny Gill just showed up. Johnny Gill. Yeah. And at the height of his power, I guess his solo album was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he came out just as a fan. Wailing, and then who else is going to come out? You might not know who this is. Karen White, 
Karen White. Is I don't sing her. She sang. Her. She's been. She's known for the song called Superwoman, okay. which is a very slow song that I'll show you. There's Jasmine Guy. And, okay, I didn't even know Jasmine Guy sang. She, Jasmine Guy had a hit in the '90s. Yeah. Called uh, Try Me. She okay. had an, she had albums. She had two albums in the '90s. I know her from a different world, and that's pretty much it. Yep. Also, very early crush for me. Oh yeah, I can see that. Yeah, even yeah. even at like eight. Yeah, I I thought Jasmine Guy in a yeah. different world. I always liked the character who was like a rich bitch. <laughs> That's her. Yeah. What Whit- Whitley? Whitley. Whitley. Yeah. 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 Whitley. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, she could sing, and she had two albums with Warner Brothers that did well. Yeah. Like as in, like oh, they did like top twenty R and B hits on the for singles, and then that was it. She, she that, could yeah. probably know. Okay, now, I did, I did. now it gets real gospel I love this shit. Yeah, this is not part of the song. They're just like, you know what? We got all these people. We're going to gospel them. Yeah. I like to think that, like, gospel, like, Christianity is responsible for the best and worst music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair Because fair gospel is great, and yeah. gospel gives you country and blues and R&B, but it also gives you, like, Christian rock. Which yeah. is the- <laughs> oh boy, oh boy! But yeah, this is a little end to it of them just doing gospel, and I just love that all four of them—Johnny, Karen, and Jasmine in the lead do, from Sunblackers. Do Johnny, Karen, and Jasmine appear on the, on no. the studio version? They just came out. They were just surprise guests. This was like we're on the Osuna Hall show. It's almost like oh, Sounds of Blackness is on Osuna Hall. Yeah, we're gonna come. Okay, we're gonna come. Jasmine, well, ja- honestly, Jasmine guy is making my heart beat yeah. a little faster. And not the fact that she can sing and wail. Yeah. yeah. Also, Johnny Gill is the coolest looking dude I've ever seen. The best glasses ever. Yeah, he the, came out of gospel. It's, it's 1991, so round lensed sunglasses yep. are in. Yep. And he's wearing black leather pants yep. and, and a, a black shirt. And just coolest And walk. sunglasses yep. indoors at night. And it's like, I'm Johnny Gill. I had a huge album with New Edition and myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've got this. And also, I like that all the all, everyone from the Sounds of Blackness are wearing, like we said, black suits with red shirts. Yes. Johnny Gill's wearing all black, and Jasmine Guy's wearing all red. Yes. Je- Let me tell you something. Yeah. The '90s look of a woman in a in a business suit, but not really a business, but real suit. like shoulder paddy, raw shoulder paddy, yeah. but like with no like real shirt underneath it. Yeah. And like gloves. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> 21-year-old Kirk is like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, Big I'm with fan you. I'm with you. Uh, okay. Oh, this is good. This is this gonna, is... We're going to talk about uh, Janet again. We're now, about I Janet will again. say, this, other than the Human League, which I didn't know that I knew, yeah. is the one thing that I knew going into this because of the soundtrack from yes. which it is taken. Yes. Mo Money. Mo Money. Which, that movie sucks. Okay, but we're going to talk about another early crush of mine, and it's still crush, yep. even though she's a terrible person. Yeah, it's Stacey Dash. Stacey Dash. Yes. Who is in her 50s now and somehow looks younger yes. than she does it's in Mo Money. weird. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, here's what's weird. Yeah. Uh, I've seen Mo... I was excited to see Mo Money when it came out, and I was watching... I was in the movie theater, and I was like, oh boy, thank God for the soundtrack. I, I, I remember watching it when it first came out on video when I was still a kid. And still, like, too young to know yeah. what's good and bad. You just like watching movies. Yeah. So it, I don't remember thinking that it was a bad movie. No, but. it's it's a bad movie. But the soundtrack is great because the soundtrack was all produced by Jimmy Jam and Terry. The whole thing. The whole thing. Okay. So, so which – that means that anyone listening 
who knows the Mo Money soundtrack still doesn't know what song we're going to talk about. We're going to hear The Best Things in Life Are Free yeah. with Janet Jackson and uh, Luther, Luther Vandross. Vandross. And I am ashamed that Luther Vandross this is his only first appearance on this show because Luther is very important in my life. Oh, I thought you were going to say because he's worked. He worked with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. No, before he this. didn't. He did. This this is not only did he not really work with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. This is probably the only song he's done that is this up tempo. Okay, this is a super yeah. fast yeah, dance yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I like I said, I know this song, yeah. and I'm familiar enough with Luther Vandross. Yes, to understand that's the case. But um, are there other Janet songs on the soundtrack? Or no, this is like this is the only one. We're Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. We're producing the soundtrack. Obviously, we're going to bring Janet in to do it. Yes, and it was I, it was one of those things I bet where Janet's like, yeah, of yeah, course, yeah. And I'm I'm sure they were like, hey, can we? I bet you we could get Luther Vandross. Let's see if we can get Luther. And I'm sure they're like, yeah, sure, yeah, why not? You guys are hot. There's also a surprise uh, in this in this song as well. Okay, um, let's play it, and we'll get a little clip from Mo Money first. Yeah, which is again not set in Chicago. Uh, fun, Stacy Dash is the prettiest person. She's yeah <laughs> on the outside, like, right? Well, yeah. like she's not like a cruel person on no. the outside. She's just politically right wing. Yes, um, she's not like a terrible evil. No, I she's guess that's true. Right sure, that's fair enough. Um, I still I don't agree with Stacy Dash, but I still like. But Stacey how much would you love her if you did agree with her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be a problem. So, uh, yeah, let's go ahead. This is by like, the way, if, if anyone doesn't know Stacey Dash by name somehow, that she's uh, Vi from Clueless. Yes, which here's what's weird. This is 1992, and she's playing an adult. Clueless right. is 95, and she plays a high schooler. She was 29 or 30 when they made Clueless. Unbelievable. No, that's what I said. She's now yeah. in her 50s. She hasn't aged a day. I think she took that Death Becomes Her series. <laughs> and like she just went and hung out with Isabella Rossellini and yeah. got the thing. And she's, It's truly yeah. remarkable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was when they were like, we're going to make Damon Wayans a movie star, and it never really He should have been, though, man. He's a funny guy. Yeah. I think his son's better. Damon Wayans Jr. is great. Really good. I love this song. It's very... Uh, There's nice. the, the, uh, the sign says Fun City because yeah. these people are going to this, like, outdoor fair. Yeah, and that's... I 100% that's Griffith Park. In LA. Oh, is it? Okay. I guarantee you that's Griffith. I don't go. I don't. The, I, I, out of, the outdoors <laughs> and me don't get along. I've been to Griffith Park, but not that I recognize I, it right away. So, yeah, Janet and, and Luther are not in this video. Right. I was just about to say the sign for the place says it's called Fun City, but also a statement of purpose for this song in general. <laughs> this song is Fun City. <laughs> it's, it's Fun City. Yeah. I love this song. Um, and it. I now this is this is real like New Jack Swing shit. Yes, probably the first thing that we've heard from them so far in this episode. That, that sounds real New Jack. Jack. Yep, exactly. I would say because so. they did not create New Jack Swing. No. That's Teddy Riley, which will be another show. That's that's a future episode. Yes, the Teddy Riley. Uh, if you have to ask me who I like more than uh, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, you're giving the edge to Teddy Riley. Give the edge okay. to Teddy Riley. Right, well, just we'll, smooth. Just we don't need to get into that. Yeah. We're going to give him yeah. his own spotlight. But Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis did this. Uh, they did the whole album. Here's who's on the album. You got Luther Vandross, Janet Jackson, uh, MC Light does a cut, Sons of Blackness does a cut, uh, Ralph Tresvant does a cut, um, um, Big Daddy Kane does a song called A Job Ain't Nothing But Work. Yeah, it's it's one of those uh, movies where I feel like like the soundtrack was as popular, if not more popular, than yes. the movie itself. Yes. 
I remember the soundtrack being a yeah. big I, I've gone on record uh, with my friends, and I will go on record right now. Mo Money, crappy movie, great soundtrack. Boomerang, great movie, average soundtrack. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Someone out there just... I've never seen Boomerang. Boomerang's good. Yeah. The soundtrack, which was produced by Babyface... Oh. Not as good. It's good. That, that good. makes sense yeah. to me. If this entire soundtrack was produced by Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, yep. and that one was produced, Babyface is not my favorite. I don't I can love his, yep. ooh, the way I like everything. <laughs> yeah. I'm a fan, not a big fan, uh, yeah. as, as this, but. Um, and I just love that Luther and Janet do a song together because it's. Yeah, they should have. They should have. They should have put a whole album out yeah. together, like mm-hmm. Marvin and Tammy. Yeah. Like, why not? Yeah, it would have been fantastic. Yeah. Um, and it was like I just I love the video shots of David and Stacy clowning together yeah she's so cute you love her you really really do no I yeah one of my longest standing crushes funny but this is real the the fashion's real 90s the dancing's real 90s and I love it but it's but that that really dated 90s look has gone it's old enough now where it's gone past looking cheesy to kind of cool yeah, again exactly. because of nostalgia. Yep, yep. It's, it's, it's been long enough where you're like, yeah, it's cool now. Yeah. I do like his look in the movie where, where he gets the job and he's wearing the business casual shirt and yeah. tie, but with the, the yeah. cap. And jeans. And jeans. That's yeah. a good look. It's good. I mean, it's not, but it is. <laughs> it works for him. Yeah. yeah. You have to be able to pull it off. Yeah. We're about to get to uh, a surprise guest coming up. Yeah. I will say that look is like cigarettes. It doesn't make you look cool, but if you're already cool, it enhances how cool that you are. That is 100% right. Yeah. That is 100% right. Yes. Yes. So who's the... What oh, are we, go ahead. Go ahead and hit it. BBD. Oh, shit. Yeah. Doing a little... Doing yeah. a little oh, uh, I thought you meant like a, an, an oh, acting no. cameo. In no, the there's no good acting yeah, cameos yeah. in this. But yeah, BBD, <laughs> BBD did a little uh, rap break in this. Yeah. And there's... Even another surprise after this. I love this hook. But they're not in the video. It's just no. Marlon Way and rapping along too. That last line was Ralph Fresman. Ah. So they just bring everyone I, in. I talked over it. Let's back it up. He just says one line. I still want to hear it because it's Ralph. It's Ralph. He's great. Yep. That was all. They're just like, hey, Ralph, can you just say this one line in the song? Yes, I can. Because you're Jimmy Jam and Terry so This song has... Half of New Edition, yeah. Luther Vandross, Janet Jackson, three weigh-ins in the video, <laughs> plus Stacey Dash, and all this uh, 90s fashion. Again, I can't remember the name of that company that made those color blocks. I know what you're saying. Uh, I can't remember either. Clothes, but... Uh, and all of it because... Bucket hats. Bucket hats are great. <laughs> <laughs> all of this because of Jimmy Jam and Terry Lynn. Yep. So they're, they're kind of doing the men on film yeah. sort of thing, but it's not uh, Dag. It's, it's yeah. Damon and Marlon. Damon and, yeah. and it's not great. Uh, unlike his dancing, which is great. I also, have, that dude is, there's a dude playing drums who's wearing a shirt uh, with the logo for the box on it. Yes, which is great. Yeah. I, every time I see this video, I go, why didn't they do a video together? Why didn't Luther and Janet do a video together? Uh, yeah, well, I'm not complaining because I feel like... Because well, you got Stacey Dash. Yeah. Yeah. And also, these aren't scenes from the movie. No. But there's, a, there's like, there was just a shot of Damon Wayans and Stacey Dash yep. making out. 
And it's not a clip from the movie. It's like he just got to make out with her again just for the video. Just for the video. Yeah. Yeah, it's a win. But I like that that's sort of like it was a very common thing where yes. they would release a video for a song from a soundtrack and they'd make a video typically with the artist and intercut it with clips yes. from the movie. Yeah. This has a, all original video footage starring the actors from the movie, but not in clips from the movie. Like they are in the video. Yeah. yeah. And it seems like Damon and Stacy are in character. Yeah. But it's it, like extra stuff. Like, yeah. oh, it's like a post credit scene where they went to the park and had a, and had a dance. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Final fun fact of this, uh, more money. Uh, my wife's an extra in it. Oh, because it was made in Chicago. It was made in Chicago, yeah. and there's a club scene, and it was a club that I can't remember the club. It's a club she used to go to, and they were like, "Hey, we're gonna have this movie here. Do you want to be an extra in the dance?" And so she did. And she's like, "It's fucking awful." She's like, "It's so so boring." She's oh like, yeah, that's what everyone who makes movies yeah. says. She's like, she's like, I was there for like twelve hours. Yeah, just standing dance. around and waiting for lighting to then be had, set up. Yeah, and she's yeah, like, yeah, then yeah. I had to dance, but yeah, especially because <laughs> she hates all this kind of music, so it's funny. That, oh, does she? Oh yeah. I mean, I know that she's into stuff. I like like this Mortal Coil. Oh yeah, Cocteau uh, Twins. Cocteau Twins. And uh, but that, Cohen. but that yeah. look, I like both, so it didn't yeah. necessarily mean to me that she doesn't like this. Stuff. No, she doesn't. She didn't okay. care for it. Okay. Luckily, we're still married. Is she is she visible in the movie? Can you pick her? No, up? you can't. Oh, okay. no, because it's all dark and it's clock. too big of a crowd yeah. scene. And okay, yeah. uh, all right, moving on to the last our last one. clip. It's finally, a Janet Jackson all on her own solo. We yes. skipped all the classic Janet because uh, we've said it, yeah. and I'm sure we both mean it with all our hearts that we're going to do a Janet Jackson oh, yeah. episode. Yeah. So there's no reason to really get into all that no, stuff. No, but it, we got to have one. Yeah. So what's this one? I actually, jump ahead 25 years. Yeah, and I did that on purpose because <laughs> okay. I was like, God, there's so many fucking hits of hers. Which one am I going to do honor to? It's not hyperbole to say that Jimmy Jim and Terry Lewis have written and produced every album she's yeah. done. Yes, since yes. Control. I, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, wisely as well. Yeah. Um, but. So, yeah, we're jumping from 92 to 2015. Mm -hmm. So, uh, for everyone out there, they still did a lot of stuff in between that time. Right. They did yeah. Voice to Men. They did, I didn't know this, they did some Usher. Oh. Uh, they did um, uh, Mariah Carey. Yeah, they did um, not fade away. No, they did not fade away. They did a ton of shit. Yeah. Um, they did more new editions, stuff like that. But uh, I chose this one because it's uh, not, it didn't do as well as all the other Janet songs. Yeah, I don't know this one. This is a great song, and it's from 2015 called No Sleep, uh, featuring J. Cole. Um, As opposed to Go Deep, which is one of my favorites. Go Deep's a great song. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. But like when I when I saw the song is called No Sleep, I started singing it to the tune oh, of Go he, Deep in my head. I heard I texted Paul uh, the this afternoon, and I was like, I'm working. And listening to a 26-hour Jimmy Jam playlist. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, I'm like on hour three, but I'm going to go through the whole thing every day at work. Yeah, and I asked you, what's the one best song on that list? Yeah. And do you want to say what you said? I will say it. I said, uh, Love Will Never Do. Yeah, I, and I my reaction when you told me that was like, yeah, I can't argue with yeah, that. But then later I realized, no, that's not even my favorite song on that album. Okay, we're going to save this for another episode because we're going to kind of blow it. <laughs> this is don't at me. Wow. All right. Uh, save that for the Jan episode because I'm want. i dying to There's know. another one that I'm only going to give a slight edge to. It's not wow. that I don't love. I love Love Will Never yeah. Do, but yeah. Um, 
So yeah, this is but no this sleep. This is no sleep. Yeah, and this to me, I was shocked when I saw this uh, that it didn't do that well. It hit only sixty five on the uh, pop charts. Okay, and I was like, this is featuring J Cole. Yeah, who just put out a new album. Yeah, I guess it did real well too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, this is only like three years old, and uh, I love it. It is this is vintage Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis, and Janet, and it's also older Janet because she's like what I think she's probably. 50 here. Is she, did she hit 50? Yeah. Okay. Because she's a couple years older than me. Um, so I, I mean, thought it was 45, she's like before in the This is a writing production partnership that is now more than 30 years old. Yeah. Is there an, like, what's another partnership in music like that that has lasted that long? That long? With no breaks. I mean, I can't even imagine. Would you go to like, I know because it wasn't that long. It's too long. Uh, this has been that long. Like I know, like who's the dude who did the stuff? With, who's the fifth Beatle? George Martin. Yeah, but that was not obviously that was no. Long. That was less than ten years that the yeah. Beatles were even together. And then who's the guy with Elvis? Oh, um, the Colonel Tom. Tom. Did he produce or he was? Just no, I don't know. I think it was his manager. Oh, okay, but yeah, I mean, this has stood the. This relationship has stood the test of time. Yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable. Like, at no point did Janet even go, like, look, I want to try something new, and I'm yeah. going to use different producers. Yeah. No, it was like, oh, we're going to use Yeah, it. she's like, I want to try something new, but Jimmy and, yeah. and uh, Terry can I, do it. Yeah, I feel like they – it's like they know each other, yeah. and they know what they can get out of each other. We're, I'm going to stop her here because Janet's going to put on an awesome hat. No, no, please watch. Oh. I just want to watch her dance on a stairway with a hat on her head. This is great. Yeah. She's awesome. Yeah. Oh, my God. She's, and she's a great, this is a great Janet F. Jam. Yeah, exactly. Because this reminds me of uh, Lowercase J. Janet album stuff. Yeah, oh, that's such a good album. Yeah. Such a good album. But yeah, and I, again, I'm like, it makes me a little sad that this wasn't at least the top 20 hit in 2015. And I go, oh, is it because Janet's not relevant anymore? I'm not going to go so far as to say she's not relevant, but she's not crushing it the way she, mm-hmm. you know, she's. I mean, times change and sounds yeah. change. And, yeah. But um, there's always going to be respect for Janet. Yeah. But but uh, you know she's not at her she's not at her peak right yeah. now. No, you can't stay at your peak. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it does. It, By the way, I mean commercially, not necessarily creative. Oh, exactly. Yeah. We're talking we're talking strictly numbers. Yeah. That's why I'm like, no, nah, this should have been bigger. People need to learn more. And that's one of the reasons why I put this on. I had no idea who Jay Cole was until I heard him on this song. <laughs> yeah, this is really like. This also reminds me a little bit of Velvet Rope, Got Till It's Gone. Yeah. That vibe when uh, Q Tip sang with her. That's a great one. You know what else I like about this? Is uh, Jay Cool Jay was not even one year old when Control came out. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think he was born in 85. Oh, wow. So, yeah. That's amazing. So there's a testament to the eternal staying power of Jenna. Yeah, exactly. Because that her guests on her tracks are now younger than yeah, her career. that's cool. <laughs> that's real cool. Yeah. Um, and she's still sexy. Yeah, man. It's also like... 
even though this was produced like Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, it, it sounds like Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, but it doesn't sound dated like Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. They're able to kind of keep up. Yeah, and but that's what I'm sounds. saying. Like, yeah. every Janet album, especially in the 90s, was like a little bit of a sea change. Yeah, exactly. But still them every time. Yeah, exactly. They it's not someone else. It's not new production coming in to say, like, okay... Now I'm gonna put my stamp on. Yeah, it was still the same partnership the whole time. Yeah, and able to switch gears and yeah, they were always able to grow together. Yeah, and I think that's why they're so connected together and yeah. always will be. Yeah, I, I can't. I picture yeah. little Janet. Yeah, with the oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I can't imagine them not doing songs together. Yeah, no, it's not. Yeah, I feel like if if they ever just announced their retirement, then Janet would be like, "Well, then I'm retired." Like, I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. And to bring it all uh, full circle, um, they still uh, they still perform at the time. Oh shit! Really? Yeah. They, here's what's great: the time still goes out on tour. Yeah. Now, for a long time, they were not allowed to call themselves the time because um, you Prince, may have mentioned this yeah, in our Prince first episode. Prince owned the time. Yeah. Uh, the time does not own the time. So they called them, they just were like, all right, well, fine. We're just going to call ourselves the original seven. We'll just do all the songs. Oh, and so that's what they go out on tour as the original seven. Yeah. All the original that came back uh, from, from 1981. Know, I didn't know you could go. You could still go see the time. Yeah, you can go see the time. They still perform. We're going to have to keep our ears to the ground. I always time, go see time comes around. I mean, they're like, they're probably early 60s now. Yeah. And they still play all their hits, uh, you know. Uh, they got plenty of them. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they're still kicking it. Well, that was great. Yeah. Thank you for teaching me and everyone listening so much. This was a dream come true. Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. <laughs> Have you ever gotten to sit down and just talk about Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis for an hour and a half? Literally straight? only like to myself in the car. <laughs> <laughs> that would be it. That's why we do this show. <laughs> exactly. But that's it. That's it for this episode of Music Raygon. Ray gone. Ray gone. Ray gone. Next time, friend of the show, Katie Willer, will return as our guest for an episode about slow jams. Oh, yeah. So we're not going to really change gears too much <laughs> in nope. terms of Sonic. Not at all. Oh. I'll be interested to see what Paul brings. And what Katie brings. Yeah. yeah. You guys know what I'm going to bring. So it's not really I mean, I have an idea. I'm curious to see if when we all individually make our selections, if there's any overlap, some of us will have to fix up. Let me know. Else. I'm going to send you my stuff tomorrow. I'm sure you'll have plenty of backups. Yeah. Uh, but until that episode, please take a minute to leave us a positive rating and review on Apple Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, where we're at Music Raygun, and on Instagram, where we're at Music Raygun Podcast. And by the way, you can now listen to us properly on your smart speaker. I tested it out. Yeah. It's working. So if you would say... Hey, smart speaker, whatever brand it is, we're not getting paid, we're not doing advertising. Yeah. Hey, smart speaker, play the podcast Music Ray Gun. It should play. Guys, come on. Yeah, so that's fun. Uh, but thanks for listening. I'm Paul Champanelli. I'm Kurt Pinchon. Until next time, see ya! Yeah.